Hi, I'm Colin Whiting. And I'm Dave Wagner. And this is My Mother the Podcast. Today, on this program, we are looking at the Netflix original 90s nostalgia piece slash high school comedy, Everything Sucks. This was a show that ran, well, it's Netflix, so it pretty much ran February 2018. (laughs) It's another journey into the worst four years of your life here on My Mother the Podcast. Hi, Dave. What's going on? Oh, everything sucks nowadays. Sure does. We don't really even need to elaborate, in my opinion. Alright, episode over. This is, uh, this is a show called Everything Sucks. Exclamation point. Now, because it is on our podcast, that means it's only one season. <laughs> as, as to the extent that you can call things seasons nowadays. Yeah, it actually was... I mean, you could just say it was on Netflix for one day. It was. It, just <laughs> saw, it, it existed, and then it, it has continued to exist, but... This is a couple firsts, I think, for our show. Yeah, it's our first streaming service show. And, like, certainly our first journey into the world of Netflix, in particular. It's definitely, um, it's definitely our most recent show. Yeah, exactly. February 2018 was not so long ago. Oh god, not long enough. (laughs) (laughs) And what this is, this show is basically like a show that takes place in the 1990s as a high school comedy. Yeah, comedy, dramedy, it's... It's all just just mixed these days. It's probably the closest we've done to to the modern TV dramedy. It's, It's not... Cracking jokes, and it doesn't have gags, really. Before we all just got scared of, of laughing. Yeah, this show, is, this show is about, like, you can have laughter once in a while, but you should also have feelings. So many feelings. This show has a lot of feelings. <laughs> this show is created by a couple, couple independent film guys. Ben York Jones, who did a movie called Like Crazy. He and, also, wait, he also wait, acts wait a in second, the show. though. Yeah. That's not a real name, is it? Ben York Jones. What are we doing here? <laughs> We're just making shit up. I mean, if you made up a name for a 2018 show, would it be, like, vastly different from Ben York Jones? No, but, like, I don't know, Charles Lester Smith or something? It's pretty much what I would do, I think. <laughs> yeah, he had um, a little buzz. He had a little buzz, I guess. Yeah, sure. He He also acts in this show. He plays the AV club teacher. Does he? He does. Good for him. That Moving is, on. That is good for him. <laughs> the uh, the other creator of the show and, and the guy who wrote and directed a lot of the episodes is Michael Mohan, who did a movie called Save the Date. But What the shit is that? Uh, it's an Alison Brie movie, I believe, but I don't really I like know her. that much more about it. Yeah, same here. But I don't think she probably makes great film choices. Well, I like that five-year engagement movie, but that's about it. Why is she engaged so long? Uh, cause they keep moving because the one's in graduate school. Well, that'll do it. 
<laughs> as as another window of our terrible past opens up that's not high school. <laughs> this is really the story of a female protagonist student in high school who isn't really the protagonist. It's a little awkward because it's her story, but it's kind of mostly framed around her friend slash boyfriend. Yeah, it's two shows going on, one of which is very important. And one of which is very not important. <laughs> um, so we've got her coming-of-age story where she is discovering what it means to be uh, homosexual in the 90s in high school. Which is no cakewalk, I'm sure. No, uh, it, it the way it's presented in the show is chillingly realistic in that she feels very alienated by everyone around her. But the show constantly buries this lead in favor of, I don't know, like the 30,000th uh, fucking Goonies Redux. Yes, and and our basic storyline other than that is this guy slash her friend slash her boyfriend for a little bit, uh, Luke, and his attempts to make a movie. Who even cares? It's very, it does go back and forth a lot. And then occasionally we have little sort of C stories, I guess you'd say, with these other kids that are their friends. Now, if we have any, and I very much doubt that we do, if we have any teenage listeners, I just want to offer this advice here. Don't create anything. <laughs> Don't express yourself. Certainly not in a way that other people can look at or hear. It definitely not in high school. Don't do this. Because uh, there's the very end of this. Everyone's all clapping and, and laughing along with this kid's movie. And I'm like, no, this kid's getting laughed out of high school, man. Nobody's speaking to him ever again. He's a freshman doing this. If it's if it's bad and everyone knows it's bad, whatever it is you're doing, that's going to be not great for you. And if no. it, and if you think it's good, that's not great for you either. Then you are just delusional. Because what you're making isn't good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, at one point he even makes this video, this is in, like, episode two, where he's, like, recreating a bunch of music videos and, and plays them on the school's, like, news service thing, and everyone's kind of like, oh, that's fun. Just don't create. Like, I mean, <laughs> how often do you think I listen to my four-track demos of Rolling Stones covers I did when I was 14? Uh, how often do you think I listen to them? I don't know. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, so our main characters, then, are uh, Kate Messner, who is played by Peyton Kennedy... Uh, she is in the Odd Squad, which is a kid show I don't know anything about, and she has Maybe. a bit part on Grey's Anatomy. Okay. And the main kid is Luke O'Neill. Did you recognize him? Vaguely, but I couldn't place it. He is the kid from Feed the Beast. No! And he's actually a pretty good actor, so it kind of makes me hate Feed the Beast even more. Because yeah. Feed the Beast cast a pretty good actor in a, in a role where he did not speak. It just fucking wasted him seriously this kid's like this kid has to hold the show together and at least as far as i concerned pretty much does what he can and feed the beast just has him walking around completely silent yeah he has to hold the, this show together for some reason yeah yeah no it's not not by his own volition i'm sure okay so those are the two mains right who else we got anybody um the only Nobody here is really famous. Well, probably they're kids, the, yeah. They're all kids. Probably the best known is uh, Emmeline Adario, who's played by Sydney Sweeney. She is Eden in The Handmaid's Tale. And okay. she also has a small role in Sharp Objects. I don't know if you saw that, but it's just a little eight-part series from HBO. It's it's really good, and she's really good in her saw part. Saw part of so. it, yeah. Yeah, she's uh, the, the girl who Amy Adams is in the institution with. Okay. 
other than that, we have a lot of people who do sort of kids movies or kids TV shows, random TV roles, but no one really super famous. Uh, there's a tall, gangly nerd character. Yeah, sure. Uh, named McQuaid. Sure. Yeah, okay. Well, he's the son of an Oscar-winning sound designer. So that's nice nepotism for you. I wonder what that's like. To, to Just have like, sound design be kind of like your, the world of your childhood? Right, like, because for me, it was like, I don't know, my dad went to work, and my mom went to work, and then they watched TV. Man, this is bleak. Wow, everything sucks. So how this was greenlit was, basically, Netflix has an insatiable need for content. Netflix, <laughs> Netflix knows no happiness. It knows no love. It will never know peace. All Netflix knows is to release show after show until literally all the ideas have been done. Do they need, <laughs> this is... do they need to make money? No one knows. <laughs> it's all a black box. Do they have any interest in making shows people like? Maybe. Sometimes per chance? It, yeah, sometimes it doesn't seem like it, but they might. And this show in particular, basically, somebody saw Stranger Things and was like, say, but what if we did that in the 90s? Yeah, and... They basically just treat them all this. Like, everybody treats the '80s and '90s the same in media now. Yeah, which is a little weird. I yeah. mean, I was, I was, I don't remember anything about the '80s, but considering how clear the division seemed at the time, it seemed very clear that I, you know, you were not in the '80s when you were in the '90s. How different did it seem, old man? Shut up. <laughs> Do you want a walker? I mean, I can get it from the other room. <laughs> So this is like a, um, it's a no laugh track sitcom about high school. It's like, tonally, it's nowhere near as cynical as the actual 90s were. And this is something we keep coming back to in recent weeks. Uh, <laughs> is, this, is the bleak cynicism of the 1990s. But like, in this, lessons are being learned every time, and they matter. But the show has no room for, like, reverence. Of any institution no. or, um, or even a family. <laughs> no, it's kind of interesting. I mean, you you do get some of the family stuff is is treated, not I, definitely not with reverence, but, boy, yeah, it is. It's hard to get a grasp on this show's kind of attitude towards the '90s because it's called everything sucks, and then everyone's kind of happy to be there. There's really no POV as to the culture here, is there? No, we're we're kind of following around these high school students, but then we also spend time with their parents, but their parents aren't really doing anything 90s-ish. I mean, they could be dropped into any show exactly. in any decade, and it's about the same. It feels very aimless at times. It's a little it's a little sort of window-dressing 90s. It doesn't feel very 90s. It feels like somebody painted 90s over something. Yeah, and it's like I can see the appeal of just making a show that takes place in another time and the other time isn't the point. Right. But at the same time, you have to ask yourself as a creator, all right, then why am I making it take place in this other time? And if I, if I, if I had my guess, I would say the reason they're having it, this show takes place specifically in, in fall 1996. And if I had my guess, I would say it's because it's right before Ellen comes out on Ellen in 1997 and that oh, this show wow, yeah. is this show is going to tell the story of what it was like to be a homosexual woman in high school without any sort of clue that that was okay. You thought the shit out of this. 
Well, I did, except for the show doesn't really do that. It because doesn't. it constantly is like talking no. about Luke and his movie, and it's forcing Luke to carry the show. And you're like, but go back to freaking whatever her name was, Kate. That, that, I mean, I, I think that's pretty interesting. Is Other than this hypothesis that you have conjured. <laughs> I'm sorry, that I've what? You've conjured is how I'm uh, saying that I, word yes, now. Yes, I say, yes. Um, other than that... There's not really any particular reason why this has to take place in the 90s except for LOLs. Right, and and so that they can have, like, oh, look at the soundtrack, so retro. Yeah, just, I, I think it, more than anything else, this is just when Ben York Jones grew up. Yeah, which is fine, because it's kind of when I grew up, so it feels... It does feel a little warm seeing it, but it isn't quite the way it was. I think the agenda for doing shows like this, and there's increasingly more of them, is like making them take place in these other decades, particularly when the creators grew up, is you don't end up with things like Joss Whedon's writing in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where you like you have middle-aged men that are very clearly out of touch with what teenage culture actually is, so they just have to make <laughs> up the whole thing. So that they can be like, no, this is what it was. Right, so it, it's just, I mean, that sounds pretty lazy when I put it like that. And I also have to wonder, because, you know, I think back on high school, and I think, I don't I don't know how accurate any of these memories really are, because you're remembering just the kind of the stuff that sticks out. You the are remembering, is, yeah, you're remembering remembering at this point. Yes. And I'm remembering like specific things that happened that were very big and dramatic, or at least they felt big and dramatic, but that was like, what, a couple days a year? I mean... Yeah, I, I'm convinced I'm just remembering like the fourth or fifth time I remembered a thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I remembered remembering, remembering, remembering. Which is a weird basis for a TV show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who this is for? Not really me. I think it's for us, though. I think it's for people that yeah. went to high school in the 90s, and are, I think the idea is they'll say, oh, it's... I think it's for you a little more than me, me being older than Colin, um, in that it's for people that remember the 90s a bit, but not enough to not want to hear these songs ever again. <laughs> I should say, just this time-wise, I think it's a, actually perfectly geared towards my age, because I started high school in 99, so three years after this, which is just enough for this stuff to be kind of like right. when I was in middle school, it was just older and just really cool, like... Whereas this lines up almost perfectly for me, so it's, right. I, all I can do is compare my experience with it, whereas if you're from a few years before that, you can think, well, this is what high school was like in this time that I wasn't in high school. Right. Um, and I, I, I will say one of the things that I appreciate about this show is I didn't really feel like it was for me as a heterosexual white male. Exactly. You know, our leads are a homosexual woman and a African-American kid, so. It's very diverse, much more diverse than any high school, um, show about the 90s that I've ever seen before, certainly. Yeah, you can take your freaks and geeks and just shove it. You can just do that in general. Shove it, man. Yeah. Yeah, at me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think that's a, I mean, it's obviously a conscious choice on the part of the creators. Although it's interesting that the creators are like a couple of white dudes. Yeah, yeah, but they're trying. They're trying. Yeah. I mean, what, what, so am I. So are we. We're not trying that hard, are we? <laughs> no, we're trying much less than, much less than the shows we criticize. <laughs> Why watch this show? 
Oh, I I I find a lot of reasons to like this show. I don't really know exactly where to start. Um, I guess because it does, it hits its emotional beats pretty well. I thought. Um, it's it's certainly well executed. Now, whether or not they resonate with you is probably a personal matter to some extent, but. I found that this show was very good at sort of setting up confrontations between characters and letting them play out in a way that felt sort of um, emotionally resonant to me. I like the fact that the kids look like kids. Which Oh my god. Which sounds refreshing. like a terrifying statement for an adult man to make. <laughs> but yeah, when I grew up, and much later than that in, um, as well, like every teenage comedy featured people that were well into their 20s per- yeah this perhaps their like, late 20s this isn't richard grieco in high school you know this is these are actual teenagers playing teenagers it's complete kind of refreshing with, complete with all the awkwardness that entails yes <laughs> um yeah i have that as teens playing teens <laughs> yeah it's like imagine everybody is in that same phase as um um, Ron Weasley in the Harry Potter movies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it helps to having teenagers play these characters because it doesn't really feel super condescending towards them in the way that a lot of these teen shows do. Yeah, where it's like a 32-year-old guy going like, I just have so many feelings. Yeah, like, it, 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 these when they act, it feels the way teenagers might act. One thing I really like about this show is okay there's this news program that's run by students <laughs> that um yes. they have almost every episode i think and one of the kids that's doing the news program's name is scott pocket i believe yeah something like that and at one point um the female student who is part of this broadcast goes scott pocket <laughs> and i like that a lot yeah, that kid's a little perv. He is. That kid is fucked up. Every one of his jokes is like a weird sex thing, and they just let him read the news in high school? It's a little weird. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> Neither was the 90s, though. <laughs> uh, I appreciated the pace that the show moved at. It it got right to the point in a lot of cases. Uh, that first episode sets up its tension right away. It's kind of like, this girl likes girls, and this boy does not get it. And moves he likes along. her. And it's just like... Bam, several episodes ended, and I was thinking, like, oh, we're about to enter the third act. Nope, nope, we're going to the next episode? No, you know what? It's it, You're not having to stop at the gas station all the time. This this thing can go a while. <laughs> yeah, this is a nice, quick... Boy, these episodes, I think, are listed at, like, 23 minutes, and, boy, once you cut out all the credits and stuff at the end, like, Netflix cuts its own credits out, then, oh, these episodes just move. Yeah, you know, you're looking outside, and suddenly you're halfway to work. When that yeah, happened? Kind of. When that happened? That's kind of what watching this show felt like sometimes, though. Like, like you were at work? No, like you were <laughs> just kind of like, what, what, just, what, where did the rest of the show go? It's, these go by really fast, don't they? It, they do. It helps that they're not very overstuffed. Um, you, you, in most of these episodes, you get an A plot and a B plot, and they don't bother trying to have a subplot for every like little character in the side. If you asked me yesterday when I was still watching these, I would have guessed that some of these episodes were eight minutes long. Yeah, it feels like that because it's you got your A plot, your quasi B plot, you barely, if ever, have a C plot. And boy, those plots, they got like two or three points and they just kind of hit those notes and they move along. Yeah, so it's 
as awkward as the characters are, the uh, pacing is definitely not that. No. Um, I like that this also returns Tori Amos to the culture. There's a whole Tori Amos-centered episode. It's like, hi, Tori, where have you been? She's singing that, what's that song that she sings? It's, um, um... I think you'll find she sings a lot of songs. Yeah, but there's one that she sings in the concert, and it's a big emotional moment, because it's when Kate finally realizes, yes, she's homosexual for sure, and she's watching two women kiss, and... I didn't watch that episode, but I'm guessing it was silent all these years. Yeah, probably. I don't remember. <laughs> I was a very, very big Tori Amos fan in high school. <laughs> See, I was not. I didn't have that Tori Amos t-shirt, but I had a different one. <laughs> uh, and this girl, she's got Tori Amos t-shirts and posters and all sorts of stuff going on. Yeah, and um, I don't feel like the creators really knew that much about Tori Amos, but I appreciated <laughs> I appreciated her presence nonetheless. <laughs> one thing that I did find very realistic and appreciated seeing was these kids are just wandering around and there are no parents in sight. Absolutely, yeah. They're just like, oh, I guess I should bike to the store, I should bike to the bridge, I should bike to the forest, I should bike to my friend's house. That's a pretty big deal um, in terms of differences between teenagers even then and now, is mm -hmm. the sheer amount of dead time that you had <laughs> yeah. in comparison to now when my understanding, is, and I certainly have no direct experience with this, <laughs> is... Uh, Kids are hyper scheduled, Colin. They got a lot. Of, they got all these clubs and stuff going on, and and guess how many clubs I was in in high school. How many clubs were you in in high school? Zero. What was your What was your clique in high school? What was your little subgroup? You know, I just moved around between things. Oh, you were a drifter. Yeah, that's You're actually like... unusually. That's an unusually good description of my role in high school. <laughs> A drifter. Yes. Just rolling in from the plains one day. <laughs> Hello, I'm Dave. Oh, wow. No, see, you're you're picturing like a sexy drifter. No, I'm think about actual I am definitely drifters. not picturing sexy high school Dave. Thank you very much. Well why not? Oh, that's disturbing. Anyway. <laughs> so that's the reason to watch the show. Yeah, yeah. Sexy drifter Dave. Um I like that this is a POV we have probably never had from the 90s, and that... I, can't, I couldn't think of any examples. That being, uh, like, from a gay woman. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I couldn't think of any other examples. I didn't look very hard, but... No, I, I didn't look at all, but I'm just guessing. <laughs> um, I don't know that I ever needed, like, a sexual awakening to Oasis's Don't Look Back in Anger. <laughs> I don't think I ever needed that in my life, but now I have it. And I don't want it there. While 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 looking at a paper copy of Playboy, was that what it was? Yeah, yeah. There's this really awkward conversation when that. I mean, they have the dad walk in on. Um, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Masturbating teen, and like, of course, it's usually not a girl in these situations, but in no. this one, it is. And um, a nice little twist on an old classic. Yeah, and dad thinks she's looking at the magazine because. Like, she's trying to learn unhealth unhealthy high standards of beauty. <laughs> yes, he's like, you, honey, you don't have to look like those girls. Like, well, she's probably, <laughs> probably not listening to Oasis for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... <laughs> um, 
Speaking of the parents, I actually kind of appreciated that the parents were played as actual characters and not just as sort of, I mean, they had their own storylines going on. Not the greatest of storylines, yeah, but the sort of most developed. To, though? But it was a nice change of pace because so often in these shows, the parents are just there to like be these one note, either gruff, like you shouldn't be going out and hanging out with that boy or like whiny or something. I mean, the parents are often so one note and these parents actually felt like real characters, at least the, the two main characters, parents. So that was a nice change. They definitely don't have their act together. That's for sure. No. I think it helps that the one is a single dad and the other is a single mom because it sort of cuts down on the number of characters that you need to develop. There is a good amount of characters in this show. Like, usually, yeah, and you get a good amount of time with each. Yeah, usually I'm complaining about how many damn characters there are in these shows. Yeah, you keep track of all these people. This is a good amount. How, yeah, how many people is, we track in here usually? You're tra- you're, normally you're tracking the two parents, the two main kids... And then you've got your two theater kids, your two nerdy kids, and you got a, a handful of other random people, like a Cedric guy starts showing up at one point, and I was like, all right, Yeah, sure. just background people. Yeah, whatever. There's always going to be background characters. Did you Did you know anyone named Cedric? I did not. I sure didn't. <laughs> I, I knew a lot of other people, but I won't name them all here. So you're not going to name every person that you've ever met? Well, not, not the ones from high school. That would take... Several minutes. How many minutes? Several. (laughs) (laughs) So, any other reasons you got for watching this thing? Oh. Oh. Probably, but... Meh. Alright, meh. Meh. So that means we move on to why not. (laughs) I mean, I like the soundtrack, but I feel like (laughs) you're about to say something here. Actually, that that was safe for later. (laughs) <laughs> the, co- the complaint you know I'm going to make. <laughs> My first complaint is actually, ironically, these adults are very boring. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to see these plots of adults um, coming to grips with their role in the world as parents. I just don't care. <laughs> okay, but like, why not? Do you want it to just be a show about teenagers or, or whatever then? I or? want it to be a show about interesting things. and in this regard this show failed what if we imagine that the adult storyline though is made to build something more out of the kids storyline because a a lot of luke's storyline is sort of coming to grips with he's a very selfish and sort of egocentric guy and a lot of his sort of character's arc over that 10 episodes is like learning like oh shit there other people have feelings too and I would say that if it was just him and Kate, that would feel very one note. But the fact that he's coming to grips with learning about the fact that there are other people out there and it's Kate and his mom and these other people, that that makes it a a, a deeper de- development. So what would you say is the purpose of the interaction between the adults, though? Why do we need that romance? I, that's the tricky part. I, I don't know that we need the romance, really. <laughs> Um, we need to give the characters something to to do that, that <laughs> Luke isn't going to like. And that could have been a lot of things, I guess. But one way of stripping out the number of characters is just to have them interact with each other in certain ways. And an easy way to have two characters interact in a way that Luke isn't going to like is to have them become romantically entangled. Yeah, I don't think I would have minded if this had just focused, <coughs> if this had just focused entirely on the school 
rather than have have us move over to the houses of the adults and like have this budding romance between the two adult characters we know i agree like you could have found people that luke would have been upset with that were just other students for other reasons he has one big blow up where he he's super pissed off at kate and he just kind of lets it takes it out on everyone else in his little film production and you probably could have made something more of that rather than doing it with the parents that's fair i mean blaming parents is pretty good though i mean that's a pretty fun thing to do right especially when it's like so obviously they haven't really done anything wrong and then he has to kind of come to grips with like i'm feeling things that i shouldn't be feeling like i am absolutely in favor of blaming parents for as many things as possible do your parents listen to this i don't think so all right well that's good for good news for you if so hi <laughs> this is my mother the podcast my mother is literally in the title <laughs> <laughs> so is mine <laughs> uh also one thing that bothered me a great deal is at yes. one point someone uses the word goss for gossip i don't recall ever hearing that in the 1990s I don't recall ever hearing that before about August of this year. <laughs> was <laughs> Seriously. It, wasn't it a McElroy's production? It, it sure was. Because <laughs> <laughs> who uses goss for gossip? Um, no one in the 1990s. My wife no. and I just looked at each other like, nope. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, there are occasional anachronisms which are very jarring. Um, and, and I would say from my own perspective – that sometimes the 90s stuff is very misused. Yes. There's there's one instance where uh, the kids, the the two are off in Portland, and they, they've they stolen a car, one of their parents' cars, and gotten it towed. And so they have to, like, they have to try to get in touch with the dad. But there's no cell phones or anything. Well, they just call on a payphone, and then it beeps his beeper, and then he calls it back. Let's... And you're like, oh, okay, well, that was like a waste of my 30 seconds, you know? like Let's just, like, take away the elements that make this time period unique yeah the whole point was there's no cell phones and that they're kind of like but you could still get in touch with someone right away so don't worry about it i i remember i heard somebody say that uh all horror movies that are made now should just all take place in the 1990s or earlier or earlier yeah I, or all detective or or police type stories it's too easy nowadays there's computers and video cameras and ugh. yeah i mean i might as well go into like my um other 1990s complaint in that this is a really uncertain timeline like <laughs> you know you get songs like um two princes and it's like that is a pretty yeah, old do. fucking song by that point by 1996 <laughs> i think that if came you... out i think that came out in 1991 want to call me baby it's not a very good song either so why would you revisit that one like and for every insight into the 90s like the one that made me laugh is i think kate says um she complains about oasis by saying it's popular or whatever but <laughs> and, and that just like brought it all home for me because that's not a complaint about a thing that you heard outside of the 90s but you would hear it all the time then which and i know we've talked about this before recording but the, this is like a weird thing about this show in general is it's called everything sucks but these people are like big fans of stuff yeah they're they seem pretty happy in general except for kate yeah other and who and should luke's be the protagonist yes <laughs> <laughs> luke's luke's occasionally unhappy but he's on he's it's of his own doing and it's it's not un it's 
it was it was okay to like things in the 90s but you always had to preface it by saying you know oh you should maybe you should listen to this or whatever it's not great but you know if you you know it might be something that you'd check out but everything is kind of like smashed together all the references and since we're very clearly and very definitely in 1996 it's kind of puzzling like um Oasis's uh, What's the Story, Morning Glory is a major point in that first episode. And yeah. that's a that album's been out for a damn year. <laughs> and it's like, it's the turning point of that episode. I mean, it's, it's, it, Luke gives it to Kate and is like, hey, have you heard this? It's amazing. Well, she should have. And then we have like swingers, a swingers reference, at least one. <laughs> There's an eyes wide shut gag. And oh, it's like, there? that thing didn't come out till 1999. Yeah, that's late. What are we doing here? Well, and then when they, a lot of the, the, the references they do make are, for me, just a little too on the nose. You know, you've got kids that are like, oh, I can't wait to see the, the Star Wars special editions. Oh, they probably just crammed a bunch of new stuff in them, blah, blah, blah. Like, nobody <laughs> talked about them that way. That's like clearly written by someone in 2018, not by someone in 1996. Did anyone go to see those special editions? Yeah, dude, I went and saw all of them, and every theater you I was in was packed. Are you them? kidding me? You saw- yes. Dude, it was Star Wars. I grew up with Star Wars, and you could finally see it on a movie screen. I mean, like, This was pre-Phantom Menace. You have to understand, this was the good ones. I, I saw Return of the Jedi in the theater when, when it wow. first came out. I was two years old. Have you t- Have you taken all your pills yet, or...? This is a very hurtful episode. <laughs> You're a very old man. And which, which relates to my next point. This isn't really embarrassing enough. <laughs> like. No? Well, it's embarrassing for some people, but I feel like it's very gender biased with how the embarrassment works. Okay. Like, Kate is put in situations where she gets very embarrassed to like a crippling degree. Like. There's a locker room scene, which is pretty traumatic. There's mm-hmm. a bunch of other stuff. These boys never really feel like they're ostracized. No, definitely the the ones that should. Like you got the right. one, the, and the, that only, the dumb kid and the gangly nerdy kid. They're just kind of hanging out with everyone. And that only matters because like they're taking actions which would so clearly result in um vast embarrassment like luke asks kate out via video like that he plays in front of the whole school which first of all that is a fucking shitty thing to do yeah that's that's like your jumbotron proposal you're putting a exactly in a real bad spot there because no matter what it's coming back to the woman having to deal with this public thing Yes, you've you've given you put something on her plate that she didn't ask no for. No matter what, like she can't win this. Right. And but like he faces no fallout for that. Even though it's a ridiculously embarrassing video, like everyone actually thinks it's great. This is what I was alluding to earlier. Is everyone in that classroom is kind of like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." There's like, nobody is thinking that's cool in the nineties. There is Nobody's no thinking that's fucking cool way. Now. No, no. Nobody in high school is thinking it's cool to do a video in front of the whole school asking someone out. He's having shit thrown at his head at that point. That kid is yeah. lo- he, that kid is transferring. Oh, for sure. Like, I don't, he, there might not be another high school for fifty miles. He's he's making that sixty mile trip. He's getting bust all over the place. <laughs> they were just like, "We're so sorry that that last high school didn't work out for you." And the main thing 
that I think is a big time waste in this show is that I don't give a fuck about these AV nerds. <laughs> like, you know, the main Goonies squad here, the group of kids that are, like, making videos, um, you know, we're, we're replaying the Steven Spielberg bullshit ad nauseum. Yeah, we've got the AV club kids, and then they work with the theater kids eventually. Yeah, and I just, I don't care about that at all, and I don't, like, care about their journey. <laughs> it's a little frustrating because it, in a more perfect world, and in some of these scenes, they are using the the creation of the movie as backdrop for for why tensions might erupt between these characters. Sure. You know, Kate breaks up with Luke. Luke takes it out on the other people that are making his movie, and he just yells and screams at him. And you're kind of like, oh, that's going to be like a thing that he has to deal with, you know? He's he's taking it out on his his colleagues, essentially, his personal life. But instead, they don't really deal with that. And it, it's set up nicely, and it doesn't always pay off. It's like, did they forget they set this up? Like, no, because <laughs> he's just kind of like, I'm going to fix it on my own. And then Kate fixes it, and then everything's fine, I guess. I'm like, well, what about the kid that's your friend that you chewed out? I, yeah, for, for a high school story, I really need more failure and learning from that failure going on. Like, Kate, again, has that progression. Like, very early on in the show, she pulls a fire alarm and lets Luke take the blame for it um, from her dad, who is the principal, which we probably should have mentioned. Eh, whatever, now you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so, like... She has that moment of cowardice that she, you know, learns from eventually. And for a story about teenagers, that's fairly integral. And Luke doesn't really have that very much. Yeah, he only really gets it. I mean, he gets it in drips and drabs throughout the series, but it only comes to a head in that last two episodes, really, and especially that last one. And it basically takes Kate taking him to the spot where her frickin' mom committed suicide and saying, you got it? Hey, asshole, you get it? And then Luke goes, fine, I get it. And then he gets his, his, his mom and her dad back together. It's like, does she have to show you the corpse, man? Dude, yes, because she is constantly outlining for him, like, hey, I like girls, not you. And he's like, don't worry, you'll start to like me. And she's like, I don't know how better to describe it's, this to you. <laughs> that whole thing is incredibly unlikable and painful to watch. And and the worst part is it's so accurate to the nineties, like that is the attitude. Like it's oh it hurt to watch it though. It it makes him such an unlikable character because he's doing a really terrible thing here. And that's he's like having he's telling Kate that she should deny that she's gay so that she can pretend to be his girlfriend because he does actually like her. Right. And that's when she breaks up with him and he gets all pissy about it. And yeah, that's... Breaks up with him. She's like, I'm not even breaking up with you because this isn't a real relationship. And he's like, well, then you can't break up with me. And I'm like, you're getting the wrong <laughs> lesson here, Luke. <laughs> and why are we following this awful boy? <laughs> yeah, his character is very hit or miss in terms of likability. Like, he has those moments where he sees the light and you're kind of like, oh my god, this is like a nice, good development. And then there's other moments when you just want to throttle him. Like, I, it doesn't matter how many videos... They show of him watching his dead dad say that he loved him. I mean, it's like, that's a lazy way of getting my sympathy, and I, I will not tolerate it, Colin. Well, see, and you want to talk about things that could have been excised. For me, that's one of them. Yeah, for sure. 
I think the if if his mom and her dad want to hook up and smoke weed in the parking lot, I think that's kind of fun and whatever. But I don't need him watching videos of his dad and getting progressively either happy or mad about it. It's like half, half the time I think they're just setting up Luke getting a drinking problem or something. <laughs> this Luke at fourteen. He's, just, he's got a lot got of the anger, old crow. Right? A lot of <laughs> anger going on. He does. I mean, and that kid does have a lot of anger, and it's. I wish they had done more with that because it is set up nicely that he doesn't have this father figure and he's got these anger issues. But again, it's set up and not not really paid off. And to be clear, I mean, it's bad character, good actor is our situation. Yeah, oh, he's doing yeah. great. And and if it wasn't clear earlier, I think all of the kid actors are actually doing a great job. Um, some of the side characters are kind of like, whatever, they're eh. Nobody in here is so bad that you're just like, ugh, I can't stand it when this person's talking. This is very much, like, indebted to other Netflix shows like Stranger Things and then, like, um, other Goonies Redux things like It, the remake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, stuff like that where you're trying to set up, like, a group of fairly likable and fairly dynamic, like, uh tweens teens yeah i mean these yeah. kids there's teens by now yeah yeah they're 13 and 14 but yeah, they're still sure. you know okay yeah they're old enough to pierce their own nose so yeah it's definitely part of that whole movement of like focusing things on teens as if teens are actually people oh my god <laughs> and you know what you know some teens are actually capable of acting you might have to look for them just like you can't cast joe schmo off the street but are you sure joe's right over there Ah, it's so convenient. Come on, Joe. Joe doesn't <laughs> even want any money. So, another thing I didn't care for. <laughs> it is really accurate and just really uncomfortable to listen, especially in those earlier episodes, to just the passive, latent uh, homophobia. I mean, it's it's super the way it was in the 90s. For and sure. boy, is it uncomfortable. They are just using the word gay as a slur, and they are just hating on this girl because they think she's gay oh it is bad yeah there were some slurs i hadn't heard in quite a while yeah it was uh it was and they're like cracking jokes about like the defense of marriage act like oh no i can't marry a burrito and everyone's laughing and you're just like oh people were making jokes like that yeah so I don't, i'm not i'm not sure how aware any of us were were of, of the news no well yeah that i mean and this show for the most uncool. part steers clear of that super <laughs> uncool to watch the news but oh boy, yeah, it was it was hard watching that stuff because it's like oh that's what it was like. So you got any other reasons? I'm pretty much out for why not. Um, not really. It's you know, <laughs> there's there's one moment where a girl is hitting on the dumb kid Tyler, and she's kind of like, well, all my friends abandoned me too, so I don't have any friends. Doe eyes, doe eyes, doe eyes, and he's kind of like, well, see ya. And I was like, no, turn back. And then I saw my, my high school years flashing before my eyes. and That was just too uncomfortable for you. To, it was to too uncomfortable. <laughs> then Colin sobbed himself right to sleep. Yep, that was, that was uh, I don't know, when are we recording this? Tuesday? That was Saturday night. Oh, Oh, that's not true. Then did you watch Star Wars? I watched all the <laughs> Star Wars on the big screen. <laughs> So, there's a few unanswered questions here, I think. They were special editions. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> First of all, yeah. what are these kids going to make of that Bill Clinton scandal that's about to hit? 
Oh man, it's gonna be a big one. Yeah, uh, that's all I got, really. <laughs> what are they? What well, are they the, gonna make of that? This show sets up a couple of cliffhangers. You know, you've got uh, McQuaid has has kind of been falling for one of the drama kids, a girl, uh, Emmeline, and Emmeline and Kate have been falling for each other. And McQuaid sees them kiss right at the very end of that episode. And then right at the the last shot of the whole show is Luke's dad shows up. Oh, who could care? Yeah, it's not really an unanswered question because... Uh... I mean, I'm more concerned with the timeline shit. Like, is, <laughs> is Kate going to like it when Tori Amos makes an album with a full band in 1998? Oh, boy, she's... Tori sold out. All right, or, or is she just going to be too attached to the girl with the piano concept? Do you think she's going to start taking piano lessons? She already knows how to play. Did, did you? See? Oh, that's yeah. right. She plays that song that her mom liked and then her dad got sad she about She plays it. the saddest version of Rocket Man I've ever heard. Oh, and her dad doesn't get sad about it. Her dad takes the... She's playing it and her dad's kind of like, I gotta go make a phone call to your friend's mom. And I was like, ugh. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a gross time to be doing that. And, I mean, I also want to know stuff like... How many of these kids decided that the Tom Green show was funny in 1999? Do you want to talk about things about your youth that make you uncomfortable? There's one! There's one! Actually, I was never a huge fan of the Tom Green show. I would watch it, but... Dude, he's just going up to people on the street and saying whatever he feels like. (laughs) It was like Sasha Baron Cohen before there was Ali G. Do you think anyone's written, like, academic articles on where, like that Tom Green confront people on the street thing fits into, like, masculinity? Um, I'm sure if they haven't, they're going to start right now. Right after they, they hear this. this episode. Yeah. Hey, I could... All those, all those uh, scholars of gender studies. Writing on their fucking notepads right now. <laughs> they're like, oh shit, that's a good and idea. And you know what? I, here, this is what I have to say to those scholars. You're welcome. Yeah. I expect to be noted in that first footnote as a, you know... Some personal thanks are in order. You're welcome for everything this podcast has done for you. <laughs> We've talked a lot about masculinity on the show. I, I feel like we did in Cavemen, but I can't remember if that ended up in the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of Cavemen. That there was a lot of the cutting room floor. The editing room floor there. <laughs> so the story of why this show didn't continue, though. It's not super interesting, but it, it's a different question than we've usually had, because it's not just a question of, like, it was bad ratings, it wasn't funny. Because this is a Netflix show. Because, and this is the thing. I mean, again, who knows how Netflix even works? Like, maybe they were, maybe the president of Netflix was just sitting with some, like, tarot card reader. And she, <laughs> and, and, she pulls and out I, death I saw... and that's it. Oh, the show's dead. And she's like, no, it's metaphorical death. And he's like, nope, that show's done. <laughs> that show's done. Next show. This is the tower. I don't know what that means. Hey, let's uh, find some other fucking Marvel hero. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, is there a Marvel hero called the tower? How many of those shows did they cancel <laughs> this year? Like three? Well, so here's, here's the thing, though, is like, I did see an interview with uh, one Netflix executive, and he said that they canceled the show because... This show, not all yeah. those other Marvel ones. In part because people weren't, um, people would watch an episode, but they weren't coming back for more. Mm. And especially because it wasn't going to draw in any new viewers. But come on, they got thousands of shows and thousands of movies that all just suck so much out of They're their garbage. They're all so bad. Like, none of those are bringing people in either. And how many billions of dollars do they spend on that Bright movie? And that's not bringing new people to Netflix. Even the quote-unquote good shows are pretty lousy. 
because like compar- uh, yes. what you're remembering that you like about those shows is like even Stranger Things. And uh, oh, here he goes. Oh shit! Yeah. Get your oh, ats oh, ready, oh, everybody. Get, get those ats ready. Just like take the safety off your ats. Just type period at my mother podcast and get ready right now. Dave, go. What you're remembering that you like about those shows is probably something in the first four episodes. Oh shit. That's every Netflix show because they just go on and on and on and everything that can be milked is milked. (laughs) And I will say this for this show, it does not go on and on because it's on my mother, the podcast. It only lasted one season. Like haunting of Hill house. Holy fucking shit. That just goes on. (laughs) Aren't they on like season three of stranger things too? I, I don't think it's out yet, but I watched season two and I can literally remember nothing from it. I just remember season one was such a phenomenon and then season two came out and nobody was talking about it. Look, I'm just in it for Jessica Jones and nothing else. Oh, Kimmy Schmidt. That's a good one. Oh, yeah. There you go. Okay. Uh, yeah. Stop making I'm things mostly, I'm mostly on Netflix for stuff that they're getting from other people and they keep stopping doing that and it's very frustrating. Oh, one thing I can recommend to the listeners from Netflix is... Um, they, they kind of make a uh, pseudo-British panel show in America called The Fix, and Ooh. it's good. It's it, right. it's with a lot of this. Like, it's Catherine Ryan is on it every time, and if you're a fan of British panel shows, you know her very well. I do know her very well, and listeners, you should get to know her. She's fantastic. She's the greatest. She's very funny. Yeah. That's a, yeah, go watch that. I want to go, go watch that. something with Catherine Ryan. The hell Ryan. are we still doing talking about this show? Yeah. What would make this work better than it does? Well, that's an easy one for me. Make Kate the actual protagonist. <laughs> that's step one, really. That's it. She's, she's She needs to be the protagonist, not just the person who this is about. She's the one with the story. She's the one with the progression. No one cares about Luke's journey here. Just end Or it. if you're going to do it about Luke, do, a, do it about Luke, you know? But this is like a weird halfway measure. Right. It's like you just spend the whole time like thinking... All right, I sure would like to know how Kate's doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it does get that way. Oh, there's a couple episodes too where like the B plots surround like the theater kids or his dorky friends, and you're just kind of like, yeah, yeah, on to the care. on to the next part that matters. It's like the show is in general not showing me like in the B plots, it's showing me nothing new. It's right. We're just retreading through every B plot that has ever B plotted. Yeah, so like one B plot, for instance, will be uh, uh, the dorky kids and the theater kids are getting together, and they're gonna try to find out how to do drugs on the internet. Okay, yawn. I mean, fortunately, uh, I, since sorry, it's a short I, show and I, it's I a B plot, you spend five minutes on it, but it's unnecessary. Yeah, and ease up on those references, my friends. <laughs> I'll t- I'll tell you one thing that could made the show work more. What's that? Needs more Weezer. No, Colin, this is a yes. problem that we have. More Weezer. And oh god, the ats are, are getting unholstered again. But <laughs> this 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 show has one track off Pinkerton? No, no, no. I need lots of green album. Oh god damn it, man. Like even Pinkerton is trash. Oh whoa, those ads. <laughs> oh my god. Got make sure you put a period in front of that ad if you want us to see oh, it. Whoa. Never seen so many ads. <laughs> Yeah, Dave doesn't like Weezer, so you can turn this podcast off. And and that fucking song that they use, too, is... Yeah, Pink Triangle. Is very, very, very offensive and gross. 
I mean, I think that's why they picked it, you know? Like, I don't think that's much of a stretch to suggest that maybe they considered what the song was. And as a person that was alive then, I can tell you we noticed. (laughs) Okay, yeah, I would appreciate easing up on those references, easing up on the soundtrack just a little bit. Sure, yeah, I mean... How many Mighty Mighty Boss Towns songs do I need? Boy, when that came in in that first episode, I was kind of expecting a more lighthearted show because I was like, well, this is a dumb song. But no, they're kind of playing that one straight. You know, if this had gone on longer, we're getting some Matchbox 20 and I can't handle that. Dude, I'm real surprised we weren't getting it already. They got to wait a year. Oh, is it not? Uh, it was too early. Yeah. That is shame. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my Matchbox 20. Man, uh, so new podcast idea. It's not the worst idea we've ever had. Dave sings Matchbox 20 covers. There is a notes file on my phone that will show you that is not the worst idea we've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> would you uh, Would you recommend this show? I thought long and hard about this. And I think Kate's story is enough that, yeah, I reservedly recommend this. <laughs> All right, that's an enthusiastic recommendation. It is from absolutely not, because I was very close to not recommending this. Dave says, I love this show, especially the Pinkerton. Damn it! That's not what's <laughs> happening here! Yeah, but I'm going to edit this later, and it's going to be exactly what you said. It's like, all of all of my failings are coming together. <laughs> I, I would also recommend the show. It is certainly not perfect, but it is a very easy watch. I I think it hit a lot of its beats that it was trying to hit. And Kate's story really is uh, a lovely story and reasonably well told. It's certainly uh, it's certainly a much easier to watch show than many of the things that we've had. On oh, this, for sure, this yeah. year program. Like um, almost every one of these shows, I kind of have to struggle through. And this one, it was like two nights that I watched all the ones I wanted to watch. Exactly. This is this is a very easy show to watch. In fact, when I was considering whether or not to recommend it, it was more of a question of is this just too too blandly well done but i think there's enough here to sort of to to actually be of interest rather than simply being well produced plus while my wife did not want to watch any more episodes of it she did read the wikipedia article to find out how it ended oh and how did she feel about that i don't think she was too crazy about it (laughs) (laughs) how did she feel about the cardigans the cardigans the band we got some we got some love fool in there in the, that true. last episode love fool is the greatest song ever written fight me colin fight me oh i thought you were talking about the listeners i was waiting for them to fight you no all everyone can fight me wow all right get your get your ats ready i guess to hate on the cardigans yeah, as, i as, think that's rude i like the cardigans fine. as long as you want to fight me with ats i'm i'm good <laughs> yeah, no no physical fighting please <laughs> no no no, <laughs> no physical fighting please i don't want to get bruised <laughs> i'm very delicate <laughs> um yeah so colin yeah colin if yeah people might want to for some reason Find out more about my mother, the podcast. If you want to, what would they at do, us, baby? Yeah, if they want to add us, if they want to at the shit out of us, what should they do? Uh, if you want to add us, you should go onto the old Twitter and find us at my mother podcast, and then you can at Dave with all the music that he's so wrong about. Or, or maybe, maybe you don't like Weezer either. I don't know. Who's to say? Who's to say? Could go either way, really. 
if you don't want to if you don't want to uh, attack Dave in such a public forum, you can also just email us. That's my mother the podcast at gmail.com. Just make sure your subject header says something like Weezer rules or I love Weezer. It's like who wouldn't want to attack me in a public forum? <laughs> as long as it's with ats, everybody. Don't find Dave. Don't start punching him. It's like it's, you're not going to be the first, my friends. <laughs> um. So those are the two best ways of getting a hold of us. There is also a Facebook page, I am told. You know what? It's it's coming together. It's coming together. Yeah? Is it looking good? Yeah. It's, it's... Is it looking sharp? I, I am posting on it, but it's all the same content as Twitter. And, like, <laughs> I don't know. Don't go on there because you're probably, you're, you're, you're selling your whole life to the Russians. <laughs> Hi, Russia. So if you want to sell your whole life to the Russians, go to Facebook. Otherwise, go to Twitter, where it's probably also being sold. It, everything sucks, man. Wow, this show really had it together. It was it was, it was, was prophetic. Now, if you want to help our show, like if you want to go past that stage of wanting to find out more about us, and you actually want to help us, which... If Dave didn't turn you away entirely like, with his musical opinions... If that's even possible that someone would want to help us... You should, yeah. Go to that iTunes thing. Yeah, they'll sell your they'll sell your stuff oh, to the Russians. Oh. At, by the time you're on iTunes, you are bought and sold by several times over. Da comrade. So you go to iTunes. That's what Russians say you get that's true, Colin. Yeah, you give that thing five stars. Uh, that being us, my mother, the podcast, yeah. five stars. Don't <laughs> give iTunes five stars; they don't need it. They're fine. You know what? iTunes is fine. Apple is doing okay. Yeah. What should they? What so should they, they say should in their little give review? Give us five box stars there? and then write a review, um, telling me why is Weezer? You heard it, folks. Why is Weezer? So we good? You, you think we covered this one? I think so. Yeah, they've they got nothing more to say. Sounds good. Well, thanks for listening to my mother, the podcast. Go watch something with Catherine Ryan and take it easy, everybody.